Yes, sir, 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 yes, Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's the podcast with balls about balls. Oh, it's all about the balls, baby. Oh, it's always about balls with us. I've got a fever, and the only cure is balls. I'm just going to let that one sit for a second. Yeah, you're going to let that one slide, you know? All right, and we are your hosts. I'm Buddha. You already know who this is. This is Nels, a.k.a. Big Facts and Full of Fat. <laughs> what do you be going through when you be thinking about these intros? <laughs> Listen, I ain't gonna, I'll, I'll be real with you. I never really have a set thought process on what exactly it is that I'm finna do. It just kind of just comes to me, and I just go with the moment. I go with the flu. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just let the, the ancestors speak to me as far as what I'm going to do with that present moment in time. You know what I'm saying? The ancestors? The ancestors. I'm mad you, know you took saying? it there. Like, I like, mean, listen, I allow the ancestors to guide me in everything. Like, cooking, <laughs> driving, living life. You know what I'm saying? Crazy decisions. Driving might not be the best idea, because depending on how far, far back they are, they weren't around when cars were around. Ancestors were not around when cars were around, but ancestors might have been around when there were things better than cars that we just don't know about. Oh, uh, now we're getting into like a Twilight Zone type fucking Listen, conversation here. We're gonna go into a funky place, my boy. Episode one forty seven. I think we are on. What episode we are? Well, it's one forty seven. I think it's one forty seven. One for sale. One forty seven. One for sale. Goddamn. Uh, and I just wanted to say before we even get started, just shout out to my wife. She never listens to my podcasts, any of my stuff. So you know she don't listen to our stuff. What a kiss ass! I I am a kiss ass. I I, I thoroughly enjoy kissing my wife's ass. Okay, come on. This is not that kind of podcast. It is not that kind of podcast, but it can be, baby. Uh, no, thank you. I'm trying to convince her to have kids. Uh, bro, let's make it happen. Well, not yeah, not let's make it. Y'all should make it happen. I want no. No, man. What you should do, you can definitely play a part. Just be like, you should like go and shoot her a text and be like, "Yo, slap my dog some jits, bitch." I'm just gonna shoot. I'm just gonna send her the uh, the gun emoji like every day. Just once her, once a day, listen. every day. I'm just gonna send her the gun emoji. Send her the gun emoji once a day, every day. That would be lit, bro. I got you. That would be freaking fire. Shoot the club up. I'm gonna, send a, I'm gonna send my first one now. <laughs> Just so. do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> so what's up with you, man? How's everything going, dog? Like, how's life? Uh, I won't complain because you know things could be so much worse. Facts. You know, life is stressful, but it's it's stressful for a lot of people right now. So this is um, true. But this is very true. I'm I'm breathing air. I'm alive. Um, things could be a lot worse. So, so all in all, I'm doing I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? Man, I'm good, man. You know, I'm just hanging in there. You know what I'm saying? Taking things a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Trying my best not to too much stress. Things that we don't need to stress. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we're already in a stressful time as it is. And you know, if there's just 
that quote unquote unnecessary stress where you're thinking about things that you can't handle at this time or whatever. Just you know, worry about it when that time comes. Don't 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 stress yourself and worry about the stuff that you cannot control at this present state of mind. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think she got your gut emoji. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my wife just got Buddha's gun emoji. Crystal, did you like it? All right, awesome. Uh, (laughs) Be on the lookout for many more. (laughs) Pew, 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 pew. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we can get right into into the shits if you'd like. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's go straight to the shits, man. Uh, So, first, I do want to mention on the WWE landscape... Uh, first and foremost, congratulations to Keith Lee. Keith Lee, bask in his glory. Yes, he is now the NXT North American and NXT champion. Dumblet. Um, he's he's dual champ. It's a beautiful thing. Um, at this point, out of the fifteen main titles, or well, fifteen yeah titles period that WWE has, eleven of those title holders. Are people of color? Wait, say that again. Uh, Eleven out of the fifteen title holders in WWE are people of color. Eleven out of the fifteen title holders for WWE are people of color. Yes, and I can huh. uh, real quick. I'll, I'll tell you who those people are. Um, so you have the SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey, who is Mexican, um, and then also her and Sasha Banks are the. Women's tag team champions. So, you know, Sasha Banks obviously is, is biracial as well. Um, Asuka is the Raw Women's Champion. She's Japanese. Apollo Crews is the United States Champion. He's a black man. Uh, ta- uh, the New Day are tag team champions on SmackDown. They're black. Uh, the Street Profits are tag team champions on Raw. They're black. Our Truth is the 24-7 champion, black. Uh, Io Shirai is the um, NXT Women's Champion. She's Japanese. And the Cruiserweight Champion, I don't recall his name off the top of my head, uh, but he is of some form of Latinx uh, heritage. So, And then obviously Keith Lee holds two titles so yeah that's pretty dope man shout out to wwe for making some moves man that's that's a quick turnaround that's an overall we were just complaining i want to say maybe a year ago that they really like had no there was like no representation really yeah yeah that's what's up man shout out to them big facts so shout out to them um in a couple weeks not this sunday but the following sunday is going to be the extreme rules pay-per-view uh it's being dubbed extreme rules the horror show. Um, and I'll just say what the matches are so far. We have Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt in a Wyatt, in a Wyatt Swamp fight. This is actually a non-title match. Non-title? Yes, this is just a swamp fight. Um, and it's against the old Bray Wyatt, the old uh, cult leader, uh, you know, would wear the the right. floral oh. shirts and you know his little hat and he would kind of just you know talk say his little monologues and shit like that so he's fighting the the former cult leader Bray Wyatt which they're telling a really good story 
with this rivalry because you know Braun Strowman was part of the Wyatt family when he debuted, and it's kind of they're kind of tying all of that back together. And I suspect, you know, Braun to win this fight and then carry this over to SummerSlam where he's finally going to face The Fiend. And I like what they're doing with Bray Wyatt right now. I, I think we meant to bring this up last week or the week before, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe we ever did. Um, the fact that they're utilizing Bray Wyatt as three different characters, um, a la a you know, Mick Foley from back in the day, I think is great because... We talked about it, but we, we didn't necessarily dive into it the way that it needed to be. Right. So your, your uh, regular Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, he's very much like a, uh, a dude love where right. he, he's kind of the least intimidating, uh, more likely to lose... Than any of the other incantations of him, right? Um, and he, but the thing, the interesting thing about it is, is that although he's lost uh, a good portion of his matches, he's not weak. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He always and, looks and, yeah. And and what he did against John Cena, the whole like mental thing, right, was amazing within itself. Right. Exactly. So like each different pers- person like has their own strengths and weaknesses and stuff. Um. So like. Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, you know, he is happy-go-lucky. He's fun-loving. He almost enjoys the pain. Um, and, you know, he, he can be intimidating, but he's definitely the least intimidating out of the three. Uh, but then you get your next level up, I guess you could say, and you have the the OG uh, Bray Wyatt, the Swamp Cult leader Bray Wyatt, who is, you know, far more serious and less jokey around, he will, you know, kill you with his words that he says and stuff. Like, the man has a gift for for cutting a promo. And um, that's where he really shined early on in his career. And, you know, that's that's more falls along the lines of a mankind as far as the character as being like that middle entity that, man, they're going to go out there and you're going to have to kill them basically to win. And then... The final incantation, the fiend, is very much like a cactus jack, and the one like that's the one that strikes fear into everybody. Right. While the other one may be intimidating, this is gonna make you scared, because you know no matter what you do, you're not gonna win this fight. Right. And if you do, it must have been a miracle, or some kind of fluky finish, because that's it's his super saiyan. It's you know, it, it's his his thing where he's not going to sell as the fiend, nor should he. You know, like it's it's going to be brutal. You're not going right. to get a technical wrestling match out of him, but it's going to be painful. It's going to be enjoyable to watch, and you're probably going to lose. So I like the fact that them doing it this way keeps the fiend feeling special. You know, like yep. not every rivalry needs to see the fiend. Nope. You know, save him for for these moments where it's like, okay, you know, Bray Swamp Bray Wyatt's probably not going to get it done, but best believe at SummerSlam, the Fiend is coming for his title back. Right. You know. Exactly. So and 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 it's 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 one of those things too where it kind of gives the Fiend like that that aura, right? Where it's like 
I don't need to come out for every match because I only need to come out when I absolutely feel like it's needed. And right now, it's not needed. Like, go ahead and do what you got to do. Just know when I come out, though, it's go time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the fact that, like, they present the character like he's locked away in Bray Wyatt's head somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's only going to come out when Bray, you know, flips that switch and lets him out. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, the whole let me in thing. So, <laughs> in this case, when he lets him out, that's when it becomes an issue. Pretty dope. Yeah. I like it, man. So, we got that, the Swamp Fight. We have um, WWE Championship match, Drew McIntyre defending against Dolph Ziggler. Uh, Ziggler gets to pick the stipulation, which I'm sure we'll find out next week on Raw. Uh, once again, this is the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, so it may be the Extreme Rules tagline uh, right. match. We have the Raw Women's Championship, Asuka defending against Sasha Banks. Um, that could be a really good match. I initially thought that this is where they were going to break up Sasha and Bailey. But there is the possibility now that, because I know they were hoping that SummerSlam was going to be in front of a live crowd. Now that that's no longer happening and SummerSlam is going to be at the performance studio, they may drag this on a while longer. And I'm not mad at it because the storyline with Bailey and Sasha has been very entertaining. Um, they've been on all three brands kicking ass um, because the fact that they're the women's tag champs as well it gives them the ability to travel to multiple brands um, since the tag titles get defended everywhere. And if they want to milk this longer, I'm cool with it. But if their ultimate plan is to have them fight at SummerSlam, I think this is where we see that final crack take place, um, whether it's Bailey costing Sasha the title against Asuka um, or, you know... Something, something along those lines has to happen. Uh, Bailey also has a match defending her title against um, Nikki Cross. But what could also be interesting is if they do want to kick the can down a little bit longer. What if you have Sasha beat Oscar? So you got Sasha as Raw Women's Champion, Bailey as SmackDown Women's Champion, and they're both the women's tag team champions. So they're both on each other's shows, watching each other's backs at all times and shit. They could run shit for a little while. They could run shit for a little while, and then you could allow for that whole power trip uh, portion to come into play where they kind of come against each other because now one is feeling themselves a little bit more. Right. Or like you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for, you know, you or whatever, whatever. Like that, that would be dope. Like they, they, could, they could eventually do something where they lose the Raw women's title, tag titles on some fluky shit. Not the Raw, I mean the, the, women, the women's tag titles on some fluky shit. And they're like, okay, and that kind of gets them aggravated at each other. But we're cool because we're both still independent champions. But then, you know, maybe somebody costs somebody else their title. And then that's what Bailey costing Sasha her title on Raw because they initially had them both on SmackDown. That way this gets them both back to SmackDown um, because Raw has so many women already. They don't need anybody else. Right, right, um, right. It all it all makes sense, bro. I think that at the end of the day, dog, like one of the major things that they have here that I wouldn't want them to mess up is the fact that they have dragged it on for this long. None of us are really bored of it. We just want to see progression. Right. And what you're saying right now with like one winning, uh, well, with uh, Sasha winning uh, the Raw championship, that's definitely a way to stretch it 
and keep it going for right. sure. And it gives you different avenues of things you can do with yep. it. Because as, right, as of right now, you're getting, you know, it, it started with Sasha kind of just looking at Bailey's women's title every now and then. Right. To Sasha eventually saying, you know what, I'm jealous that you're SmackDown Women's Champion. I want to be a world champion, so I'm going to challenge Asuka. You know, the, it was like the old bait and switch. Like, oh, we thought she was going to challenge her friend, but no, she's going to challenge Asuka. Right. So that it's would like be, that would be pretty dope. So it's like you're like kicking the lot. can down. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fucking with like they're doing a really they're telling a really good story with that. It's it's subtle and it makes sense. So I'm I'm yep. fucking with that heavy. Um, elsewhere, you have Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins in an eye for an eye match. So. This all stemmed from uh, Seth Rollins injuring Rey Mysterio's eye weeks ago, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, and you know Ray, that's been like Seth's thing. He's been trying to like damage people's eyes and shit as part of his whole Monday Night Messiah gimmick and shit. Um, so I'm not mad at the fact that they bit this stipulation from AEW. Because AEW had an eye for an eye match back in February. This is wrestling. There's only so many gimmicks you can do, right? What is kind of frustrating is that kind of just like the whole best wrestling match ever tagline, WWE tends to kind of just go a little too far with their advertising of things to where it's like, okay, really? Like... It's just not believable. Like, the stipulation for this match, it the person wins by taking the other person's eye out. How, how are you going to do this? How are you going to take someone's eye out? Well, well, for the people listening, can you say the two, the two people fighting again, please? Because I, I have it's, a point to make it's, here. It's Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins. Now, here's why I hate that. Neither one of their characters, to me, come across as a character that would take an eye out. Now, if you had a Randy Orton, right, I would be like, okay, I could see Randy Orton taking an eye out. If you had a Braun Strowman, okay, I could see Braun Strowman taking an eye out. Seth Rollins doesn't necessarily come to the top of the list. I could see him doing it, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. like it just—it's it's just not—it's not within that character. Like Seth Rollins has never really wanted to take it to that extreme. Like again, if he wanted to, he could, right? But uh, I don't know, bro. And, and my uh, whole thing is like logistically, how do you do this? So yeah, that's gonna be tough. so okay. And, well, I, and, and can so, you carry that gimmick going forward? What does person wrestle with an eye patch the rest of their career? Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> yo, like gee shit though. Like the only way I could see that working R-B-T. is if they do that to um, Rey Mysterio, and he and retires. Either that or wrestling from now on, his um, there's like a glazing over the eye. The eyes aren't cut open in his mask. It's kind of like how Sin Cara's mask. Was like yes, the eyes were covered yes, to where like right, you can't tell what's going on there because it's yes. just it's completely covered, but he can see through it. Yes. So, I mean, I can see that, but I, I feel like they they book themselves into a corner. Uh, and for those listening, booking means uh, laying out the plans for a match. I feel like they they kind of book themselves into a corner 
where like, okay, now what do we do? We gave it this, this grandiose thing, so now how, how do we execute without, with it being believable and knowing that we have to carry this on after this match? Whew. So I don't know what they're going to do. Hopefully they get creative somehow and maybe nobody loses an eye because something else happens. Right. And it's like ends up being just a no contest type right. situation. I don't fucking know. But, yeah, it'd be, it'd be like that sometimes. Um, we have a United States match. Maybe, I don't mean to interrupt okay. you. No, no, Maybe, maybe, like, somebody who Seth Rollins was beefing with before that was gone comes back and just messes up the whole match. The only people that have been involved in all of this stuff have been... Alistair Black, um, Kevin Owens, that was a while back at like WrestleMania, um, Umberto Carrillo, and Ray's son Dominic. Those have been the. Oh. So, I mean, there's been a lot of speculation that this could be where Dominic actually joins forces with Seth Rollins, and it's like a huge, like his debut, he's actually becomes one of. Seth Rollins' uh, disciples. That'd be kind of dope. Yeah, especially because it's looking like Austin Theory might be gone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's not looking too good. Not looking too good at all. Um, What's up with these Austins, man? Like, I, I just don't whoa, get it, bro. Like, whoa, 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 you can't. Whoa, it seems like whoa, Austins are whoa, always wilding, you know? Do like, not put Austins in this category of monster, okay? Don't. What are you talking we, about? You're That's, not an Austin. You're a Buddha. Okay, <laughs> I, I know a few Austins. Let's not <laughs> let's, let's, let's not do this. Oh man, can't trust Austins. Right. So the, that's gonna be the name of the show. Jesus. So this is only uh, those are the only confer. Oh, and there's a United States title match between Apollo Cruz and MVP. They unveiled a brand new United States title. Oh, that belt looks sweet. It looks dope, man. My only issue would be is, okay, you, you get this brand new title. It looks beautiful. What are you going to do with it now? Like, because the United States title for so long has just been relegated to just nothing. It gets no kind of push. It gets no kind of prestige. United States champion, you barely know who it is ever because they never get any kind of placement on a card. Like, they're just non-existent. So, okay, great. We got a new title. Can we actually see something done with it? And you never give it good storylines. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of just forgotten about. So do something with it. You know, it's hard to build prestige for a title when they get no love. So facts. That'd be my only thing. But there might be some more confirmed matches. Uh, we still have another couple weeks to go, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, and then elsewhere in the fighting world, there's a UFC pay per view. Um, before we talk about the main event. I just want to say the other fights that are on the main card, not all the prelims and stuff. Um, Amanda Rebus versus Paige Van Zant. We have Jessica Andrade versus uh, Thug Rose uh, Namajunas. And then we have three title fights. We have a bantamweight title fight, Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo, which should be a good fight. We have a featherweight. Oh, listen, Jose Aldo has a lot to prove, to me anyway. Right. I'm just saying. And this is for the this is for the vacated bantamweight title. This is the one that Henry Cejudo had, but he retired after his last fight. 
So yeah, it cleared it. Yeah. That was was that well, I wouldn't know, but it seemed unexpected to me. Was that was that like to be expected? No, it was very unexpected to a lot of people. So a lot of people are speculating maybe he got an offer to do something else, not fighting related. Uh, okay. Whether it's wrestling or a nice commentary job or you know something yeah, something behind the quickly. scenes or maybe something that has nothing to do with anything in the spotlight at all and he's just made his money and he doesn't want to take any more damage. Who knows? Right. Um, but yeah, so that title was vacated. So that fight's for the the vacant title. Then we have a featherweight title fight. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky is defending his title against Max Holloway. That's my dark horse for fight of the night. Yes. That is my dark horse for fight of the night because it's two it guys very who well get be. after it. Very well. Bro, be. this is two. Yo, this is gonna be a long ad pay per view because yes. it's five. It's two five round fights so far. Three five round fights. I know, but you didn't say the third. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> finally. In the Ooh. main event of the Ooh. evening, Ooh. what was originally going to be Kamaru Usman versus uh, Burns. I keep forgetting his first Burns? name. What happened with Brian? What happened with Brian Burns? Burns he tested positive for COVID-19. Bitch. So on six days notice, the man known as Street Jesus... Jorge Masvidal, Masvidal has stepped in to save the day on six days' notice to fight Kamaru Usman for the welterweight title. Um, and not only that, Jorge Masvidal got a nice, massive contract. Uh, the numbers haven't been released. However, Masvidal, who was holding out for a new contract, said that he didn't get the number he wanted, but he got very, very close. So... He's happy, and he gets thrust right back into a title fight. Um, this fight could be crazy. Bro. Because both these guys are fucking dogs. Bro. And I mean that in the best way possible. Bro. Like, what's, what's great is there is zero chance this fight disappoints because of the type of fighters these guys are. Facts. They're both aggressive. And they get after you. They're not counterpunchers. These guys are looking to kill you. So it might be a quick fight. It might be a long fight. But regardless, these guys are going to go to fucking war. And I'm here for it. Plus, they don't Bruh. like each other. So that makes it even better when two guys don't like each other. Bruh. I'm so hyped for this right now. Like, I wish it could be Saturday today. <laughs> Bruh, like, I, I, listen, bro. I'm telling you, like... My, first and foremost, Masvidal's been hungry since we've seen him. And now he gets his opportunity. So you know he finna snap. 100%. And Usman, and Usman eats punch. You know, like, it's a perfect fight because Masvidal is a striker. He's a punch thrower. Usman, for what it's worth, he's a punch eater. Because when you watch his last fight against Covington, right? Covington? Kobe Covington? Mm-hmm. Covington hit him with some really good punches. He got off on that fight. I, and honestly, I, I don't like his ass, so I don't want to give him too much credit. But he got off. Yeah. Usman just ate them shits. Usman ate them shits and broke his fucking jaw. Broke Covington's fucking jaw. Like, dot. I'm so hyped for this fucking fight, bro. Bro, this shit is about to be fucking phenomenal, bro. Yeah, because this is the fight everybody wanted. Like, yes. people were like okay with it being against Burns, but like Burns doesn't have any real burn like that, you know? No. 
Like, it, but Masvidal, bro, like, this is the fight everybody wanted. And now that they're getting it, ah. Uh, I think everybody right now is kind of, if they haven't bought the pay-per-view yet, they're just waiting until Saturday to keep their fingers crossed that no one else tests positive. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm thinking right now. Well, like, yeah, that's why I usually don't buy the fight until the day of. That way I know everybody made weight. I know everybody, you know, is is good, you know, stuff like that. Like, yeah, I never buy things days in advance. I always wait until the day of just because the, the day before a lot of shit could change. Right. So I, I it's gonna be exciting, bro, for sure to see. Oh, and what... this is the first fight on Fight Island. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That's the see this so, different. So here's the thing. Different, different. So here's the thing about Fight Island. Um, it's not any place in the Caribbean. It's actually in the Middle East. Oh, okay. It's it's this it's this place this island off the coast of uh, Abu Dhabi or something like that. Okay, so away from where all the mess is going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So pictures that Dana White had put out showed an octagon on the actual beach. I don't know if this is really going to be the thing, if it's going to be an actual, like actually inside a facility. But bro, if this shit is actually on a sand beach, that's going to be the wildest shit I've ever seen, man. It might be one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I'm excited. Mm-mm. I'm excited. But, you just got me hyped. Let's just end the show right now. We're done. All right, y'all. Uh, we appreciate y'all. Music <laughs> starting right now. <laughs> no, nah, but I... Easy I, I, out of here. This had this has the potential to be one of the better cards we've seen in in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has the potential because we've said this for a couple of other cards and they really have disappointed us. Um, I won't say disappoint; they just didn't live up to the hype that we gave it. But this one really does have like when you have three championship fights on a card and all six guys or guys that get after it, it's it's gonna you, be something. You know, at least one of those fights is gonna deliver. Oh, got to. Like got to. It's gonna be it's gonna be real good, man. It's gonna be real good. Oh, this is on the beach. Really? Yo, that's fired up. I'm hyped. That's gonna be lit. Yeah, I'm hyped, bro. They're gonna be fighting. Like it's probably gonna be during the day there. I don't know what the time difference is, but I imagine it's gonna be during the day. So middle of the day. It's it's gonna be be beautiful. Middle of the day on the beach, just getting after it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get my wings and my fries together. I'm getting my lemon pepper wings. Oh my! Get my fries. I'm getting my Dr. Pepper. Ain't nobody gonna be talking to me while these fights is going on. If you ain't gonna be talking to me about UFC, Dude. don't hit me up at all, bit all. I don't want to hear none of that. I don't want to hear none of that fool that you're talking about. None of that nonsense. Oh man, that's bro. That's so cool. Yeah, bro. That'd be great, bro. All right, but um. That's it as far as the the fighting world goes. So uh, we could we can move on to whatever. Let's do let's do NFL man. Let's talk some football. Uh, what, what do you got so far? You see anything that caught your eye? Caught your interest in the NFL? Yeah, what? Well, do anything different? I do just want to bring up real quick. Um, you know, we talked about last week the Washington Redskins kind of being uh, cornered in a situation where they you know there was different corporations that were urging. Uh, FedEx, Nike, um, a couple others to 
pull their sponsorships from the stadium um, and right. the team if they didn't change their name. And those companies obliged and they said, you know, hey, if you guys don't change your name, we're pulling out. No more funding, no more this, no more that. And, you know, like we spoke last week, money talks. Uh, Washington is now going through the process of a name change. Right. Um, they have ensured that it won't be any, there won't be any Native American imagery at all. So looks like it's going to get away from that completely. Uh, there was a list of names that were kind of sent out um, as possible names. I don't know how real that list is, but there was names like the Red Tails, referring to the, the Tuskegee Airmen. Um, I like the I like the Red Hawks. The Red Hawks, yeah, I like the Red Hawks too. Red um, Tails is pretty dope. Yeah, uh, there there was a few different options. Um, <laughs> one of the options I saw on the internet, some someone in the comments said they should be called the uh, the Washington Possums because <laughs> they they play dead at home and get killed on the road. That is crazy. <laughs> Disrespectful, bro. Disrespect. It's disrespectful. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. One thing that did kind of, I didn't think about when we spoke about it, when we were talking about potential names and we're like, oh, Washington this, Washington that. It'd be interesting if they actually decided to go the D.C. route as opposed to Washington. Since they're not Washington State, and I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with football, when they hear Washington Redskins, they assume it's probably Washington State and not Washington, D.C., so I wouldn't be surprised if it's like a DC team, like the DC Redhawks or like the DC something like that. So we could see a whole a whole change completely. Bro, it's gonna be I mean for sure, you know, one of the things that you gotta you gotta realize is is that you know the the name, bro. It, it's in the name, it's the history of the name. And you I mean you told us last week what it was, you know what I'm saying? And like Bro, there's no way that with with everything that's going on with like the the social changes and stuff like that that you could possibly think that that name's gonna stick. Like, come on, man! Like, you don't need no business sense to understand that. Like, that name's gonna change real soon. Yeah. Um, real soon. Yeah. So that's all, so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. We'll see in the next few weeks how that all plays out because it's looking like they're probably gonna have to do this before the season starts. Um. Otherwise, they're not gonna be getting any kind of bread from these other outlets and you know Amazon pulled all of their merchandise so you all can't, of it bro. yeah so you can't get any redskin merchandise from from Amazon so they got to figure something out quick so we'll see even if it's just a, a temporary band-aid whatever um there was one I don't know if you ever saw the movie the replacements yes the name of that team they were the Washington Sentinels so Sentinels could Sentinel be isn't a bad name yeah Sentinels could be cool um, but yeah, so we'll see. Um, elsewhere in the NFL world, the NFL announced that players will not be allowed to exchange jerseys after football games this year um, because of COVID 19s. After the game, they're supposed to be six feet apart. And the players are pissed off about this. Uh, they're like, so basically, you're telling us we can be right in each other's face, tackling each other for two hours, but. I can't give somebody my jersey after the game. Like, what sense does this make? Like, so player, a lot of players have been going off on um, social media, uh, notable players, well, one of them being Deshaun Watson. 
um, he kind of he quote tweeted the the tweet from um, Adam Schefter that was talking about it, and he was like, "This just doesn't make any sense." And he basically said those reasons. And some person was like, "Oh, you know, people are dying. You guys should be taking this seriously." Um, it's not a big deal. You guys will live that, you know, if you can't be near each other after the game. And Deshaun was like, well, that's not what I'm saying. You're not understanding. I'm saying, why can we be in each other's face for a whole game, but we can't be after the game? That, that doesn't make sense to me. If, if your reasoning is intact, people are dying, stuff like that, why are we playing at all? Right. If you're so worried about us being close to each other, why are we playing at all? Right. And a lot of other players are basically going off about that. There's just been a lot of issues right now between the NFL and the players, the NFL and the NFLPA. You know, there was something where the NFL was wanting to get, like, I think 35% of player salaries this year into escrow in case there's some kind of COVID issue and they have to stop the season. Yeah, they was not, they was not messing with that. Fuck No. The players were not messing with that at all. Right. I mean, would you like to explain for the listeners who don't understand what escrow is, what it is? I mean, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Shit, well, let's find out, man. Because <laughs> I think... I think, is it I think, that, means, like I think that means they're going to hold their money. They're going to hold those funds. That's why I think, like, in layman terms, what it... Yeah, it's, it's an agreement where the where the money's being held, um, and yeah, pretty much, is it's a legal concept describing a financial instrument whereby an asset or escrow money is held by a third party on behalf of two other parties that are in the process of completing a transaction. So pretty much, a third party would be holding their money until. But when would they hold that money till though? Till next year? Till the end of the year, probably. So like, I'm imagining. So they would take thirty five percent up front. Of their salary. Okay, and then they would just give that. And, they would just give that and money. And if there back. was, and if there was no kind of stoppage due to COVID, at the end of the season, they would give that money to the players. But like the players, are like that's bullshit. No, fuck, fuck that. Because then if there is a stop, we just don't get money. Nah, we good. We, yeah, facts. We, we good. Like, pass, pass what you owe us. Facts. Y'all could just not have a season, and the the whole NFL doesn't make money. Then how about that? Exactly, bro. Exactly. The players have the power, and like the players are really starting to realize, like. Yo, we need to flex our muscle more. They're learning from the NBA. Yeah, 100%. They're learning from the NBA. They're starting to understand that Players Association has a voice. There is no league without they the players, and nobody voice. wants to watch a bunch of scrubs out there playing. Facts. So if all these playmakers like step up and say some shit, it'll change. 100%. Big facts. Speaking, Big of, facts. speaking of playmakers... Patrick Mother Effing Mahomes. Big boy. He's wow. Big boy bank. Signed a historic contract with the Kansas City Chiefs. It is a 10 year extension on top of the two years he has left, so 12 years total. Um, over the next 12 years, he can make up to about $503 million. Um, this is an unprecedented contract. It averages out at about forty-five million per year. Um, it's it's more backloaded, 
So it kind of frees up the team to make a lot of money. It frees up a good amount of money. Yeah, because he doesn't start making real money until like the last three years of the contract. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah. Mm. That's good money, though, man. Hundred percent. It's the richest contract in in the history of sports, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, the history of sports. That's all sports. That's including baseball and basketball. So that's good. Shout out to him. Um, you know, it's it's definitely good for, for someone to know they have a home for an extended period of time. And that's not really a contract that's going to be traded away anywhere, I don't see. Because <laughs> right. there's not too many teams that are going to be willing to do that. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting, I think, to see how many more of these long-term contracts, though, that we get, uh, regardless of the dollar amount. It's, it's a long time to be committed to somebody, especially in this sports world that's always changing and always evolving and, and stuff. Um, but... I mean, at the end of the day, I, I feel like, you know, the the Chiefs, they're, I mean, they're bought in. I mean, think about it. You have a quarterback who's literally... Uh, overtime coin toss away from winning two Super Bowls in his first two years as a starter. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pretty much created a, a situation where you can add more weapons around him and build up the defense. I mean, the Chiefs are showing how it's done. You find your quarterback for the future and you give him a long-ass contract. Yeah. Buy in. Call it a day, especially when he's a mature, oh. yeah, he steady... Does, it- individual bro you know that for 10 years you're going to get a guy who knows how to behave in public who comes in early does his job and performs at the highest possible level game in game out yep i i I think he's given them he's he's given them no reason to to believe that he'll be any kind of liability whatsoever stability and even 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 injury wise we got to remember this man had his kneecap on the side of his leg during this uh during the season and was only out those weeks because the coaches felt concerned and didn't want to put him in. He wanted to go. He wanted to go the rest of that game. This is during a Super Bowl run. Like, that's... Yeah. Shout out He's to Patrick Mahomes, man. Definitely next level. Um, for real. Shout out to Patrick Mahomes, for real. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Raheem Mostert, running back for the 49ers, is requesting a... A trade. I did. Is that contract related or? It's just... contract related. I feel like if the if the 49ers would give him the contract that he's looking for, he'll stick around. Because he definitely did say in a public release that he's sad that it ended up being this way. So it shows you that he really doesn't want it to be this way. Facts. But if that's where we're going to be, then that's where we're going to be. Yeah. I got to go. Moster is going to, he, he's going to go to a team that really needs him. I feel I can see him going to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can see that. Or like a Philadelphia Eagles. Or Philadelphia. I can see him going there. I can see him going to Houston. I can see him Detroit. going to Detroit. Yeah. I, I can see him going to a number of different teams yeah. for sure. 100%. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Shit. Um, we could see him in uh, L.A. since they don't have Gurley anymore. What? He'd be right down the street. Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Definitely true. So, um, moving forward to other uh, stories, did you hear about Deshaun Jackson? I, I 
heard a little bit about the uh, the passage that he kind of took a picture that he'd sent out on social media from Hitler. Yes. I so guess. It, well, they said that it was incorrectly attributed to Hitler. Oh. Okay. Um, but it says because the well, excuse my language, but I quote because the the white Jews know that the Negroes are the real children of Israel and to keep America's secret, the Jews will blackmail America. The blanks will extort America. Their plans for world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they were. The white citizens of America will be terrified to know that all this time they've been mistreating and discriminating and lynching the children of Israel. So they're saying that it's anti-Semitic. I mean, naturally, because he's Southern talking against Jewish people. And, you know, it's interesting because, you know, some people have come to his defense. Some people have said that it's not necessary. Some people have said that, you know, he should get cut. He shouldn't be playing football anymore. Somebody posted on Instagram that there should be no reason why he needs to apologize for the way that he feels. And apparently he liked that post. Um, Before I say my piece, I don't know if you have a piece to say. Um, I feel like if you're going to make public statements on things... (laughs) Right. You should be willing to get the education and knowledge that comes afterwards. Right. Especially if you're in the wrong about something. Right. Not saying you have to apologize for how you feel, but for instance, I saw that Julian Edelman wants to sit down with Deshaun and wants to go to both <laughs> Jewish museums and African American museums just so they can have a better understanding of each other. I think that type of shit's right. important because I think everybody yeah. needs to, to know where everybody comes from. Absolutely. Um, before I say my point, I just wanted to say the the uh, apology that he put on his Twitter account, Jackson did. I want to personally apologize to the Jewish community, Jeffrey Laurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, the Eagles organization, and our fans for the insensitive and ill-formed posts that I shared on my social media. My intention was to uplift, untie, and encourage our culture with positivity and light. Unfortunately, that did not happen. I unintentionally hurt the Jewish community in the process, and for that I am sorry. Now more than ever, we must work together to end discrimination of all types and against all people and communities. This apology is more than just words. It's a promise to do better. I will fully educate myself and work with local and national organizations to be more informed and make a difference in our community. I will consider my words and actions moving forward. I will seek out voices from other communities and listen to their words, thoughts, and beliefs. In a time of division, I'm committed to doing my part in making this world a better place for our children. So, <clears throat> good apology. With that being said, I mean, what he is posting is something in the histor- in the history community that's been debated on for generations now, which is, you know, the tribes of Israel, the 12 tribes and all this other stuff, and saying that, you know, black, black people were um, one of the original tribes in Israel, right? So this is not anything new. So what, what I will say to, to that retrospect is I feel like at the end of the day, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, the MLS, the uh, Major League Baseball, it doesn't matter who the entity is, they're not responsible for your intellectual output. I have heard and read other athletes say things way worse than that against other communities and not get that type of backlash mm-hmm. or not lose their job. Or have people say they need to be cut and blah, blah, blah. So I'm not supporting Deshaun Jackson because, oh, he is black or whatever the case may be. I feel like there needs to be some kind of protocol on intellectual content. It is your content. It is your thoughts. It is your processes. And and, and the whole thing that is anti this and anti that. Like, yo, people have been saying anti stuff for years now. 
mm-hmm. for years now. If you're gonna put that as a thing where you shouldn't say anti anything for anybody, bet that up. No worries, cool. But it needs to be even all the way around. Right, and that's what I don't want to see. Yeah. I don't want to see anything against LBGTQ uh, communities. I don't want to see anything against black people, against Hispanic people, against Asian people, against Jewish people. If that's really what you're going to do, put that in a contract. Yeah. Your intellectual content cannot be content that is discriminatory to anyone. Right? However, if you can solidify and prove that, oh, this is something that is spoken on, or this is something that I've been doing my research on, or it aligns with my beliefs... Cool, then that's for the team to worry about. Right. You know what I'm saying? And 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 the whole thing about it is is like I'm just it's just crazy to me how he's getting jumped on for this. And I and I don't want to jump I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I do want to bring into context that again, there have been way worse that has been said by athletes that you know we didn't have such a reaction for. If we're gonna we need to stay consistent. If we're gonna react because he's saying something that's anti Semitic, then we need to do that for everybody. Yeah. No matter what it is, no matter who it is, what they're saying, if that's what the case is going to be, then we need to stay consistent. Period. I agree. And that's what bothered me the most. I was like, come on, bro. Like, really? Really? Yeah. All the other athletes that have said some recklessness, like this, we're going to jump on this? Okay. I feel you. I feel you. And that's the only thing that really bothered me from it. I don't think it was really his place to say that either. I don't feel like because it's not necessarily a solidified historical concept, it is kind of tough to like bring up. But still, come on, man. Yeah, I feel you. Come on, man. And he definitely could have he definitely could have verbalized that a little better. He could have verbalized that like a little better, to be honest with you. So we'll see, man. We'll see. Um I feel like there was something else football related that I was going to talk about, but I, I think it slipped me because it probably isn't that important. Um, do you have anything left for football before we transition to basketball? No, I do not. Okay, phenomenal. So I just wanted to share with you that the Brooklyn Nets are currently trying to find at least three players. I think Bro, they, they ain't got no roster. Easily. They're going to be so trash. Do you even think they should show up to the no. restart? I think they should they should miss it, right? Because no. Torian Prince declared positive, and then Spencer Dinwiddie, I heard that's his second one. Now, here's what's crazy about the second positive. Um, the, the funny thing about this is that you know that when it comes to... Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, um, the military and stuff like that, you know that if you tested positive, like they, uh, if you test positive, they're not, the, the military won't take you. Really? Yes, bro. If you test positive as of right now, you cannot join the military. Because apparently, like, it it does a number to your lungs. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of intrigued as to, like, how that's going to go as far as athletes are concerned. Well, it's not every case. But, yeah, if it, if it does hit you hard, yeah. That's gonna be interesting. I mean, shit. We we just saw that um, there was an actor who got it, and he got it really bad in his lungs. He ended up passing away because he. Oh yeah, the dude, the the Broadway actor. Yeah, he needed like a double lung transplant or something like that. Yeah, that joke was crazy. Yeah. Speaking of Corona, you know the MLB is about to restart. They did three thousand seven hundred and forty tests 
and they got 66 positive results out of those 3,000, which, I mean, 66 is a lot, but out of 3,000, that's not too, too bad, I don't think. I don't think so. What no. is that percentage? <clears throat> Let me find out. What is that percentage? 66 out of 3,704? Is that even a isn't he, is that even one percent? <clears throat> Don't ask me to do math, Bill. I think I think it's a little. <clears throat> let me see, man. I really how? I mean, so if you let let me ask you this while I'm while I'm looking this stuff up, mm-hmm. if if the if you're the commissioner of Major League Baseball and those are your numbers. How do you feel moving into the restart? <clears throat> um, here's my thing. Um, and it's kind of been my thoughts for the NFL, the NBA, all of this kind of stuff. So l- let me give you the, the NFL, for example. So you got... 1,696 players, right? Not counting practice squad, but these are people on your rosters. So beyond the people that are going to test positive, there's like uh, 5% of the tests are false positives. Right. So what happens if one of these players doesn't have it and they get a false positive. So out of the 1,600, that means every time they test everybody, 85 people are going to be testing positive that may not have it. Right. So what if it's these big-name people? You're going to start losing these big-name people for false positives and stuff, and then what if then they really get it? Now all of a sudden they're out for six weeks. Like, oh, I don't know, man. I... It's, it's a touchy subject. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how this is going to work. You're right. Like you can have as tight a bubble as you want, but it's not going to prevent a false positive from happening. Right. That's true. Very true. So, I don't know, man. We're going to see what happens, man. We're going to see what happens, but it's, one, it's 1.9%. Yeah. So... Um, I just wanted to say that even though the NBA isn't back, there is still basketball on the airwaves, ladies and gentlemen. If you've never heard of the basketball tournament, now is the time for you to give it a look, give it a chance. The basketball tournament is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. For those of y'all who watched the All-Star game last year and saw that ending in the fourth quarter where they got to a certain particular time and said, all right, this team has this much. We're going to add this many points to it. And we're saying the first team to get to that much wins. So... They, I literally just watched the game. It was between the money team and um, heard that. The money team is a collection of a bunch of players from different areas, and heard that is um, players who graduated from Marshall University, which they're the Thundering Herd. Mm-hmm. They, the Thundering, the Herd that team didn't leave for the whole game. They got to about four minutes left, and one of the teams had 93 points, which was the money team. So they add eight points to that. And they're like, first ones to get to 101 win the game. They were winning 91 to 83 and ended up losing 101 to I'm tripping. It's like it was like 102 100 or some crazy like that. Hold on, I'm gonna let you know right now. The score of the game was 102 99. Heard that came back and won. 
Bro, and these and this is every single game. That's nuts. I and mind that. you, heard that was the number twenty four ranked team, and the money team was the number seven ranked team. Because well, it, it, it's usually, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. Well, I was a huge fan of that for the uh, the NBA All Star game. I thought that was fucking dope. So like the fact that that's an every game thing. Whew. Yeah, they call it they call it the Elam ending. Which is, I think it's phenomenal, bro. So, again, I know you, you're just kind of getting into your whole basketball swing, Buddha, but it's on ESPN. If you ever find you the chance, give it, give it, just, just watch one game. The basketball tournament is definitely, like, worth it. Right. It's, it's quick, it's fast-paced, and also, it's not like pro NBA players. They're guys who played overseas, guys who played, like, G League. So, they play a little bit hungrier form of basketball. It's pretty entertaining. It's pretty entertaining. I'm <laughs> not going to lie to you. You have to, bro. It's, it's great. Um, so moving forward, I, I you know, I love sharing articles. Um, and so if you guys didn't know, um, I want to say seven years ago. Not even seven years ago. I'm tripping. Um, I'm going to let you know exactly how many years ago it was. I think this was... Oh my gosh, it was 10 years ago, bro? Whoa. Yesterday, 10 years ago, LeBron James made his decision to take his talents to South Beach. God, I feel old. Bro, that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Why must you tell me these things? Bro, like, that is amazing, bro. You don't think so? Bro, I just, that was so long ago. But, like, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. I think it's awesome. So I wanted to to read. It's going to be a pretty long read, but I'll try to, like, fast forward through it as much as I can. But I thought this was freaking awesome. So in honor of what happened um, 10 years ago, they made an article in Bleacher Report and talked about the what went wrong with the teams that tried to pitch to LeBron James. So... I'm just going to read this article from you. It's from Rich, Rick Butcher. Rick Butcher. Sorry, he's with uh, Fox. He's a really good uh, reporter, and he, he writes real well. Um, so it's been 10 years since LeBron James. I'm sorry, an article, my bad. It's been 10 years since LeBron James granted six NBA teams a chance to venture to, venture to Cleveland and explain why he would be best served playing for them. He also immediately announced that he was going to take his talents to South Beach and play for the Miami Heat alongside Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. In talking to key figures from the five teams who were spurned, the Nets, the Knicks, the Bulls, the Clippers, and the Cavs, what stands out is how close they all thought they were at one point to landing him, and all this time later, how little they truly knew about what it would take to land him. Thanks to LeBron, thanks to what LeBron did and didn't tell him. It always cracks me up, says Rod Thorne, then team president of the Nets. All five teams think that they came out second. I have no idea who came out second, but I think five teams thought they did. No one from the other four teams is certain who finished second either, but they can all make a case. The Clippers boasted a largely unproven but talented starting lineup with Baron Davis, Eric Gordon, Blake Griffin, and a center tandem of Chris Kamen and DeAndre Jordan that only needed a playmaking small forward to be complete. The Bulls were equally young but more proving, having just been led to consecutive playoff appearances by second-year point guard Derrick Rose. The Nets were coming off a league-worst 12-70 and 70 record, but they had one of the richest men in the world as their owner, a brand-new arena in Brooklyn, and one of LeBron's closest associates, rap mogul Jay-Z, as a minority owner. 
The Knicks simply had the arena LeBron called his favorite place to play in and a market that would best serve his professed desire to be the first billionaire athlete. To be real with you, all these teams legit, they do have a chance. They have all the little Mm -hmm. things that LeBron was looking for. The Cavs had both familiarity as a team that drafted him number one in 2003 and proximity to his hometown Akron. And obviously, I think if there's any team that did not have a chance, it would be Cleveland. Yeah. Because all he ever wanted was a roster. They never gave him that. And to be honest with you, I consider Cleveland kind of like the Green Bay of basketball. It's just a market that nobody wants to go to. Nobody wants to play there. I feel you. Just to be real. Right? Bulls owner Jerry Reinsdorf had just as much reason as anyone to believe James intended to join his team after their meeting, which was scheduled to be two hours but went longer at the request of James and his advisors. Agent Leon Rose, agent in training Rich Paul, business manager Maverick Carter, and then a personal assistant Randy Mims. James provided the teams with a schedule from July 1st to 3rd, two teams per day. The Bulls were the last of the six following the Cavaliers. They had already met with Bosch and Wade in Chicago, knowing that James was interested in playing with one of them. It wasn't until later that they learned he hoped to play with both of them. We felt pretty good because our way in, because on our way in, we ran into another team that was coming out. They said it was a very short meeting, very professional, not very social. Our meeting, after we had the professional meeting, they asked us to hang around. We had bagels, cream cheese, and cakes, the kind that you get from a Jewish deli. Here we were expecting to leave after we finished up, and they said, do you want to stick around? Want to have something to eat? We sat around and BSed about other stuff. So we had the business meeting and a very pleasant social meeting with them. At one point, LeBron said to us, well, which one of the two do you think I should bring with me? That got our hopes up pretty good. We thought we had a really good shot. Shit, I would think that too. If he's like, which one of the two do you think you bring with me? I would have been like, yeah, you, I'm going to need you to bring Wade. Because young, young Wade at that time was a top two point uh, guard yeah, in the league at that time. The Bulls also just hired coach Tom Thibodeau, whose presentation on how LeBron would fit into his system went over big. Most of the speaking was Thibodeau talking to LeBron about how they would play. They had a great exchange of ideas. That's why we were so optimistic. There was one other comment James made that convinced Reinsdorf, if nothing else, that James was headed somewhere. I told him he should stay in Cleveland, Reinsdorf said, and he said, we're not from Cleveland. We're from Akron. And that's when I knew he wasn't going back. The Clippers also went into the meeting convinced that he was leaving, but unaware that having cap space for both Boston Wade could seal the deal. I mean, that tells you right there. Um, the owner, Donald's, well, team president Andy Rosier and general manager Neil Osley were the lone representatives. Owner Donald Sterling refused to be part of that contingent. The farthest Donald has ever been to meet with a free agent is Newport Beach to meet with Kobe Bryant. Well, that's dead right there. Um, let's see. The Clippers' pitch was strictly about success on the court, and James gave them reason to think he shared their vision. At one point, Carter made a dismissive comment about Davis, and LeBron snapped at him that Davis was someone he'd go to war with, sources say. They were quite serious about our team. I can't say what they knew about everybody else's roster, but they certainly knew all about ours. A contingent hired away from the San Antonio Spurs have been trying to peer around the corner to who to determine who or what might lure James away from the since the Cavs hired them in 2005. They weren't exactly sure who their competition was. They just knew that they had it. So, I mean, these teams really looked like they had a chance except for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. The Cavs looked like they didn't have it together. And the Knicks was terrible. And this was the one that I wanted to jump on right here. The Knicks presentation, however, focused on the advantages of living in New York and included a video skit by the late actor James Gandolfini in his role as Tony Soprano from The Sopranos. Walsh remembers LeBron and Carter breaking away to talk basketball with then head coach Mike D'Antoni and Rose asking pointed questions about the salary cap and how many free agents they might be able to add. The Knicks, much like the Clippers and Bulls, didn't go into the meeting aware that having three max slots might be the key. 
The Heat, who met with James on July 2nd before the Clippers, but after the Knicks and Nets, were the only team that brought their capologist, Andy Ellisberg, to the meeting. They asked a few questions about the cap rules, which I didn't understand at the time why they were asking, Walsh said. They were trying to see how many other guys they could get. Leon kept asking, can you do that? Leon wanted someone to come up and explain the cap to him. We're in Chicago meeting with other free agents the next day, so I sent Glenn Grunwald to go back and do that. So essentially what it looks like, they were trying to find a team where they could put multiple stars. And for what it looks like, the only team that really showed up prepared to show like we could keep all these guys was Miami. And to be honest, Miami probably had a better chance because Miami's like, we already got Wade. Yeah. So we don't have to go through these contract extensions with anybody. G-shit. We already got Wade. Wade is willing to take a pay cut. About to say, it, hometown discount. Hometown discount, baby. In, and we can bring in a couple other guys with you to build a squad. And, and from what it looks like, it, it appears the other teams were a little cocky too. I think New York, the Knicks came in a little cocky because they felt hype after LeBron was like, oh, there's no other place I want to play in other than Madison Square Garden. And what's interesting is when when Dwayne Wade and LeBron played Dwayne Wade's last game, well, they played their last game against each other in L.A., they dapped each other up, and the mic picked up LeBron saying it was either going to be here or New York, to be honest. So he always had his eyes at the end of the day to either be in New York or L.A. So New York fucked up twice. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Shout out to Nick fans. Fucking James Dolan. Bro, they got he gotta go. He gotta go because everybody wanna play in New York, bro. But nobody wants to he, play under him. Nobody wants to play under him because they just ain't got it together. Yeah. They got it together. So I'm sorry that it was such a long read, ladies and gentlemen, but it was a 10-year anniversary of the decision. And I thought that was an awesome article to kind of show what was going on behind the scenes. I definitely took a lot out because it's a way longer article. But for those of y'all who care to read it, it's a phenomenal read. Phenomenal read. dope, bro. Yeah, man. So um, I think that is it for me in basketball. I I don't know if I have anything left to say. Um, I'm just ready for the restart. Um, Players are definitely showing up. Um, Oladipo decided to sit out. I think we talked about that already. And the Pacers support it. And uh, what's his name? Uh, what is his freaking name? Um, Dwight Howard decided to, f- to come back to the restart, and he's donating his whole salary. No, nice. Yeah, forget to the, to the organization, but he's donating his whole salary. Um, oh, the last thing. Um, the jersey names um, for the players, for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying how... They have selected social, um, the social justice names, which was equality. Um, I'll give you a couple of ones that, that the people have, like Rudy Gobert has equality. Dame Lillard has how many more? And S. Cantor has freedom. Um, C.J. McCollum has education reform. Um, and a couple of the players have enough vote equality. Um, they're saying that equality is the one that I believe has the most... Right. players wearing it but um the list that was agreed up, agreed upon by players and the uh front office is black lives matter say their names vote i can't breathe justice peace equality freedom enough power to the people justice now say her name 
si se puede, which means yes we can in, in, um, in Spanish. Liberation, see us, hear us, respect us, love us, listen, listen to us, stand up, ally, anti-racist, I am a man, speak up, how many more, group economics, education reform, and mentor. So I think the ones that are leading the most is Black Lives Matter and uh, Equality. Nice. So I think that's pretty dope. Shout out to the NBA for doing that. Shout out to Soccer Worldwide for doing that. The English Premier League was definitely the first to have Black Lives Matter on the back of their jerseys. Um, and, and it's, it's going to be really cool to see. Uh, I think the restart is going to be awesome. It's going to provide that platform and it's going to keep that attention strong on, on the social issues that we do have in our country. And, and that's why I said the like two weeks ago that platform still matters. Right, playing basketball and being able to see that on the back of their um, of their jerseys is pretty impressive, and and I and I'm I'm a I'm a proponent for that. Agreed. So yeah, man. So now I'm officially done. <laughs> so are we are we good for uh, underrated bars of fame? Yes, sir. All right, there it is. Underrated bars of fame. Today we're doing we're going to the West Coast per request of of, of one of our listeners. Uh, one of our listeners was like, "We don't do enough West Coast stuff," and I was like, "Shut up!" I was like, "You're right." So we're gonna we're gonna go to that <laughs> right now, um, and we're gonna do on me um, from the documentary two. Uh, it's by the game, and it features uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, and if you have not listened to the documentary two, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. I think it's one of the most underrated works of all time. Okay. Um, it <clears throat> it plays out like a mixtape, but sounds like an album, mm-hmm. and I love it. So here we go. And it's sampled, what does it samples? It samples uh uh Erica Badu. So um back when Dot was hanging out at Tops in the Benzo, freestyling to them chronic instrumentals, no pens and pencils, I was out there blooding like a minstrel with a backward clinch between my dentals. Way back when when we was outside with the Indo, hot boxing rentals in front of the Centennial Remedial Thoughts, never thought that I would amount to shit. Smoke chronic fuckches, ride around bouncing shit. From Impalas to that Harley truck to dish ragging. That was hard to... F- I came up, it was hardly luck, just left Compton, and I have to use my AK. What a day, what a day. That was the game, now Kendrick Lamar comes in. Back when my driver's license was baby and trifling, I made my way through crisis. I made my tape and recorded portraits in front of silence. I made you hate the vibrant. You can't escape the tyrant. You can't relate where I've been. In 98, my problem, acting too grown and shit. Capping that, just yeah, my religion through songs and shit. On me, that's on me. Raise up, you are not the home me. I'm well connected from my section down to Long Beach. Fumbling with Tetris if you're blocked, neglecting your key. Every day I wake up with my face up to my father, making sure my heart is pure enough to grow my seed and harvest. All my king is stuffing, double up my plantation with a dollar. Every dream is such reality, my deja vu done caught up. Which I brought up with the homies, that's on me. 24-7, Kendrick Revin, them cold streets. Don't we live by it, die by it, then reincarnate. And if game told me drive by it, I raise AK. Ain't no shame about it, cry about it, fuck that, I'll play. Like no name on it, blindsided, ain't no one safe. Documentary had identities of where I'm from. Therefore, my energy had to make sure the better me won. It ain't no better one, son. It ain't no telling me nothing. That's Chuck, Doc, Dre, and K. The legacy's done. Blah! The interlude from Kendrick says, Oh, man, you thought these niggas with attitude would show gratitude? Fooled you. From 2015 to infinity, it's still bomb weed and Hennessy. I could pimp a butterfly for the energy. Game, I need acapella. There I go. 
Give me a minute. This is the game, obviously. About to hit a home run, K-Dot. Grab the pennant. Pin it on my Pendleton trap. Late night, Jay Leno them. Got my mom a tennis bracelet. Wimbledon of Wilmington. How can I rap for a minute? Back on the track for a minute. Look at my rhyme book. See murder like when I was a fan of No Limit. Ain't no gimmicks around here. This Compton, me, Doc, and Kendrick. Chronic good kid. My first year, three documentaries. Now I'm blocking centuries. 16 Impalas. They bounce like I, like they a Godala. That's all my mama. Gives up and did me a solid. I put that on me. That's all me. You get a bullet. Fuck it with the little homie. Thinking back. Then, like, fuck your rules. This is Pyru. Slide through with the Erica Badu. West Side Compton. Don't mind if I do. From Pyru Streets to my old street. This Compton grew up on a dead end. Got a got an armful of dead friends. We're talking about his tattoos. Around here, Crips be sweating us like this, like a headband. Like, what's up, cuz? Yo, dog, where you from? No time to stop and think. Pull your strap before they do or you get shot before you blink. Straight out of Compton, three times I told you. The third time I said it with TDE, motherfucker. I'll make you eat every letter spoon-fed you. Because like toddlers from the city of Impalas. Where shot collars take their pit bulls and feed feed them. Because Rottweilers. I almost said the word. <laughs> My clip full. I quick pull. No more slanging eight balls on the corner. And all the... Because I used to freestyle with. I ate y'all on the corner. Called a corner. is dead out here. Hanging on to life by a thread out here. Then because wearing all that red out here. Peace snap backs on his head out here. So don't come in with the little homie. So OG, they call me Tony. Montana, no French. My red bandana, legit. My uncle told me before he died, just keep your head on the brick. So I did. Sell every chicken to had in stock. Yes, I did. Walk to Compton, hot pocket full of rocks. Yes, I did. Skip classes. I did. Whoop his ass. Yes, I did. The bitch behind the bleachers while on the raggeds. That's on bloods. West side, that's on bloods. The tech fly, that's on bloods. You with that, I'll choke you out on your blood. I put that on, mate. That's all me. Mm. Raise up. Then you are not the homemade. Of course, there's a lot to be said, but it does not it does not do enough justice to the flows that is used in this track. If you have not song. heard On Me by the gay future and Kendrick Lamar, you definitely need to. It's it's full on underrated bars of fame. Facts. Not even close. Not even close. Fact so I feel like I feel like we're we're practically done here, right? Yeah, we just got to tell them. We just got to tell them where to reach us out on email. Uh, ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. Um, what about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. And what about Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. And Facebook. Ball sports podcast. And with that, we are done. Yeah. Appreciate y'all for listening to us for the 147th time. Y'all could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but you're not. You're listening to us, and we really appreciate that. Just keep riding with us, and we're going to keep giving you this bomb-ass content to vibe to. With that being said, we're out of here. Yeah, bye, hoes. Silly. Little scatterwash. Shout out to Dylan, man. Hanging Dylan, no shout out. Oh, Hold thanks. Up. My bad, Dylan. We did it. Nah, <laughs> Dylan, you get that shout-out right here at the end, bro. We, we just wanted to go straight into the show. You know we got business to handle today. Thanks. But you know we miss you, bro. Come back, man. Come back. Come back like MJ in 95. Yeah. All right. <laughs>